0: Hello and welcome to the AEW
1: Dynamite review. We are the Deadly Boys of What Culture. I'm Adam Wilborn, joined by Michael Hamblin and Michael Cedric to review last night's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture, Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Mm. Where we do daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Dynamite but also AEW Collision, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh! Pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a Bloody quiz, of course, on a wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by Hample and Situate to review last night's AW Dynamite. And
2: didn't they do a good show? It was good. I would not describe it as great. There were signs of life. Mm. There was a sense from the card, certain decisions that there's been an internal acknowledgement that the base is very much fractured Mm. and the criticism of late has been both fierce and earned just in the odd small moments it was like yep that's that feels like a pivot Mm. that feels like an an acknowledgement that this character should be doing something else to better utilize what they are good at um i didn't think anything was outstanding until the last three minutes of that main event but yeah, I would describe it as signs of life, hmm. um, but I will not do cartwheels until this is consistent.
3: Signs of life was the exact phrasing I used in my ups and downs, which you can read on whatclutch.com forward slash WWE. What does that where mean? I was uh, more positive, I think. No, no, what does that mean, though, as it pertains to you and me? Oh, it means we're <laughs> <f-ing>. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we are f***ing. <laughs> Over AEW, which happens least of all, I would say, in terms of our f***ing. <laughs> like, well, where, where do we come with the most? In every sense.
2: Really? Mm-hmm. Like
3: is NXT? I don't
2: know. Yeah,
3: yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, Bret Hart. Every, and Brett. <laughs> everybody does that. Uh, yeah. Two greats, NXT and Bret. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, like we always talk about the table setting shows following pay per views. I think this was a table setting show me to be being rubbish. Mm-hmm. That was what it, well, like it wasn't about like starting off a bunch of new stories or anything like that. It was about fixing a load of broken ones, restoring the faith a little bit in the process. Um giving characters back some proper motivations and some actual reasons to be there that make sense within AEW's universe and uh, adhering to a set of rules a little bit more for so many of the characters. First week in ages, like, and I said this on our long-form State of AEW address that you can still find on YouTube, turning point, that I was uh, a little bit higher on last week's Dynamite than Consensus. Mm. But I could acknowledge still that there were... Fundamental problems. There was a root and branch review that needed doing and this week felt like the start of that. Forget table setting now because you're always you're always falling out and on the go home show too. It's <laughs> month, monthly pay view cycle. You can't do that. Yeah. Proper table setting the way you used to because you've got about four weeks, so you're going again. That's gone now. Table set when the product needs it. And I felt like this was one of them. Let's dive into it then. Uh the show opened
1: with Tony Schiavone welcoming the world champion MJF and asking him about Jay White pinning him last week and uh MGF's like, oh, you fat old prick, how you doing? Uh, yeah, Tony asked him about, about Jane. He says, look, it only takes three seconds to end a world title reign. Not going to happen again, though. Uh, there's a video call from Adam Cole. He did say it only happened once, and that's why Dax Harwood pinned him. Yeah. mm uh, Adam Cole's on the screen. He's worried about Max. He's worried about Max at full gear. Uh, he says, look, if you want to win against the guns, uh, you need to take Joe up on your offer. And MJF says, no, I can handle it. I can handle the Bullet Club gold tonight as well. And Daniel Garcia. This brings in uh, Garcia with Daddy Magic and Cool and Hand Ange. And he says, look, I didn't pick you, uh, Garcia, for your win-loss record. I believe in you. I see myself in you. It's talent over tenure. Uh, and he says, what are we getting tonight? The professional wrestler or the sports entertainer? He does a better daddy magic. Great, production.
2: great mm. daddy magic from MJF,
1: and just a straight up entertainer.
2: M- middle finger right in his face. Entertainer.
1: I did like the intensity that which <laughs> Daddy Magic was chewing the gum whilst all <laughs> this was going on. But Garcia says he's getting the professional wrestler, um, and uh, MJF walks off. And uh, no, sorry, they walk off, and uh, Roderick Strong Adam rolls in. Uh, He says, I'm a wrestling legend if you need any tips. And MJF was like, you used to be a wrestling legend. You're a joke now. He leaves uh, and Strong says, Adam, look. This is exactly what the devil would do. Uh, So Cole hangs up and Strong down the lens says, it's time to remind everyone who the hell he is.
2: That was pointed. Mm -hmm. MJF's criticism of him basically echoed a lot of the sort of the hardcore fans you see on X and Twitter and comment sections who love their ROH psychopath back Roderick Strong. <laughs> and I will say, now that it's come organically, that Roderick Strong, as you've seen in this role, and in NXT, and who he's, like, mates with IRL. Like, I think he's... And I mean this in the nicest possible way. I think he's, like, way more of... And I'm saying this. I think he's way more of a dork who likes this brand mm. of humor more than a lot of people are prepared to admit. Like, I don't think they're asking, like, at least two promoters, Roderick Strong to just play a bit of a silly boy. And I think he actively <laughs> enjoys it, and it's kind of a sense of humor, so I don't feel like that's been imposed upon him no. too much, just to make that point. Um, I, I did notice it was pretty... wasn't very much in the way of subtle uh, subtext, um, but it was very much AEW communicating to you, yes, the slow-motion skits, we understand that you don't like them anymore. Yes, you want to see... Roderick Strong be less of a caricature. This is us doing one of several mea culpas on this episode to kind of like assuage your concerns. Um, So I did like that. I didn't like the wacky setup of this sort of like dovetailing adjacent attempted storytelling here. Like I was spoiled by peak New Japan when it was simply everything I wanted Hmm. and more to a level of genius wrestling that might not ever get replicated. AEW have done it, I guess. They have matches. It's all announced in advance. It's a sporting framework. And then after the matches happen, they hold a press conference where these like, sweat-soaked, fatigued gladiators cut promos for... And they are in a scheduled place at a scheduled time because they have obligations hmm. to either promote their matches or to discuss the matches afterwards, like a a review, an analysis, like the the Premier League post-match manager interviews or whatever. So when I see AEW, which was originally promised to be a more sporting vision of what professional wrestling can be, albeit on cable TV, and you see where were all of them before the camera started rolling, just lurking about conveniently ready to do this, and it just felt a bit too... Contrived, mm. um, So I didn't like how it was all set up, but the messaging, which is probably more important, I'm, mo- I'm very pedantic, I get this, the messaging was strong enough. Yeah,
3: yeah I like this a great deal. I'm in favour of this format change if they're going to do what I would like them to keep doing, which is tell these long, like, show-long storylines with MJF. Like I guess,
2: you know what, sorry, I've completely stepped on your dick. <laughs> MJF and Garcia had every reason to be there. Mm. Yeah, They were preparing for their match. They should be in that area, like the TV, like the press hub, and then the gorilla, like in your own head, that's yeah, how yeah. it works.
3: Roderick Strong just turning up everywhere is stupid. Call, call ringing and them having a TV handy is convenient. And yes. Roderick Strong almost having a bat signal for when Adam Cole is on the phone is how I guess you make sense of these things, but those things themselves are nonsensical. Mm. Like, yeah. I yeah, I like this a lot structurally. Uh, and I enjoyed it last week, MJF's character now is somebody that you simply have to shape the show around. As we discussed on the preview yesterday, in a direct addressing of a big complaint of prior AW Champions, but especially at the moment with MJF, because he's involved in so many stories, he's got so many rivals. So even if you weren't doing... Basically, MJF is the story, and all of the different people he's feuding with, all the people that are coming for him, make up these little different branches, you know? And I like that they're laying it out with this opening segment thing, because... For me, like, this was like who, what, where, when, why, how stuff. You mm-hmm. know, like, I'm, I've got loads of questions, and I've got a, still enough trust in the AW process that they will answer all of them. Why does Adam Cole keep pushing for Samoa Joe? What's he, what's he got to gain from, like, just, just go with Joe, go with Joe? There's something to that. I don't know who the devil is, and I want to know who that is, and yes. I will want to know even more after this episode. I think there's been a really good reestablishing of the importance of that, whereas after the first week, and Jay White kind of shook it off. Oh, you've you've killed that. I think done a great job of rehabbing that. Roderick Strong's little threat at the end ties in kind of directly, if you want, to the attack at the end as he's now just put himself in the frame to even be the devil. So you're kind of tying those two things together. Two very pointed pivots. Well, he can't be the devil because he was in a wheelchair, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. Stacks (laughs) up. So who who is it? We still don't know. But, like, uh, the Daniel Garcia uh, bit with MJF was, for me, Aw, owning bad booking but doing it the right way yeah. through characters rather than just through outright saying, I'm oh, sorry, we've done a really bad job with him. It doesn't make sense, right? We've always said it doesn't make sense that, of all people, very <laughs> Magic and Han are telling Daniel Garcia is a in. That element of it makes no sense. But this week in particular, we were basically told, I forget all those details, the reason Daniel Garcia's life is spiralling is because of these two. Just... That was them simplifying it for me, and I think that came across. Yeah, in the doesn't wash for me
2: that the reason his life is spiraling, which they'll never ever acknowledge yeah. on TV. The reason why this character's life is spiraling, and maybe if you want to be cynical, the reason why this wrestler's career is on the decline is because Chris Jericho just didn't bother feuding with him. Yeah, when that's that, that should have been the case, Chris it's, Jericho manipulated Garcia into joining JAS in the first place by saying, remember when you were involved in that horrific car wreck and I helped fund your medical bills, you kind of owe me one. And the idea was Jericho had manipulated Garcia from day one Mm sort of forced him to be the square peg in the round hole and to betray his philosophy as a professional wrestler. He becomes a sports entertainer. He becomes the clown. He loses focus. He loses his identity. He loses pretty much everything. And then Jericho just moves on to Callison, and Omega and oh, I'll do some elite stuff now. Like, I don't think until they square that off that nothing in this Garcia arc will, um, like wash with me you know what they should do in japan there have been several examples of like mentor student matches or like established senior presence versus young punk Mm. on the up and up and they and the punk just attacks them assaults them like and then they just have this absolutely hog wild horrifically violent fight jericho and garcia need to have that i think
3: Mm. it would be enough i i think they've it's unfortunate that so much of that has been lost But you can wrap a lot of that up into the kind of disaster that was the JAS and its breakup. I think this was an attempt to just simplify it. Like, yeah, we're really sorry we blew that. We blew that. Here's the new thing. They're the bad influence. Get them away from him and he can be saved. And there's still a match there. There's still absolutely something to do there as a way to try and pick all that back up. But it might, like... There was a couple of cases here where in for me, AW fixing things was also accepting defeat on things that were irreversibly broken. Yes, And, yes. That, and that was one of the examples on this show. Um, there was another one as well within this segment that I really quite liked. It was it was strong. It was uh, he did one Adam. It was infuriating, but he's a heel, mm. and you kind of supposed to think that. And MJF continuing to not take him seriously, he felt zeroed in on more this week when he was the devil and the whoever were targeting MJF's yes. friends. Like, this was still an attempt to put MJF in the frame, but it was more of a malicious thing to have done. So I did quite like that in how it potentially paid itself off later on.
1: Uh, and the show opened with the world title match, Garcia versus MJF. Obviously, no one thought Garcia was going to win this one, but they had a fun match in there. Um, MJF goes for an early submission. Um A rope break Garcia allows him to do the dance. We said he was going to do it. Um, But Garcia starts out wrestling MJF. He goes to do the dance. Daddy Magic almost costs him the match because he goes to get in the ring so much that he doesn't want to stop him doing it. Um, But uh, there's the sportsmanship spot and the the old signature eye poke. Hammerlock slam. Uh, MJF's targeting the arm. Keeps targeting throughout the match uh, as we go to break when we come back. uh, Garcia... Uh, Hits a release German suplex, and uh, Garcia does the one-arm dance and hits a brain buster. Um, Gets a series of near falls. He can't hit the pile driver due to the injury to the arm, though, so he goes for, like, a Saito suplex instead. Uh, MGF gets out of all this. Hits a double stomp to the elbow, underhook shoulder breaker, Uh, hammerlock, cradle, DDT, got him a two count. Uh, He goes for salt of the earth and uh, the heat seeker, Garcia, just managed to get out of them though. Uh, He hits the corner super kick, does MJF, misses the Panama Sunrise, shouting out Cole. um, And Garcia hits him with a one-arm pile driver for a nice two count, puts him in the dragon tamer, but he's enjoying this too much. He leans back, he starts doing the the dance and that allows MJF to pull on his injured arm, lock in the salt of the earth and get the submission victory. Post-match, MJF. Offers him a handshake, but uh, Daddy Magic can call cool Handan and stop him from doing it. MJF sort of tries for it a second time, getting the crowd to chat to Garcia, but they go, no, 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 come on, come on, Daniel. And they, they leave before that can happen.
2: I want to do a quick press of the button, which might be generous for the way that Daniel Garcia folded in the fact that his arm was injured mm. and that he couldn't get everything on, like, the pile driver and various other moves.
0: Oh, my God.
2: Great. Yeah. Absolutely tremendous work. This, for me, was a bit of a misfire. A very, very, very rare, like for how unbelievable the guy's been in the ring this year. This was an ultra-rare MGF misfire. And I apportioned some of the blame to the way the show was formatted as well. Mm-hmm. Because there's been a law in AW when you get that world title match first, you think, we're going long. Mm. We are going long. Yeah. Uh, Maybe the story was time to go along. Time for Daniel Garcia to become agonizingly close to victory. And then, you know, if you you want to be generous and still say that. I described this Daniel Garcia character arc before it went terribly. As like a worked, ill-fated, young lying excursion. Where that's the gimmick you've put that wrestler in. What are you doing? This is their career might be going badly wrong here. Like or Carter the, and TNA. Like Carter yeah. and TNA basically being the preeminent example. Um it's the still idea that they are that. Uh, it's not because Vince Russo, so it right. makes yeah. perfect <laughs> sense. The one time you can ever say that in your friggin' life. Um <laughs> and I love that really unique story mm. to work that and then you can use that character arc to um reveal to the audience what you really want to see out of this wrestler and i don't know i just think the fact that i went on first and there's law of the the long match for the aw world title going long i thought the finish was a bit anticlimactic i didn't think the storytelling was particularly productive for both wrestlers now i know mjf does everything to set up for the Fujiwara arm by the salt of the earth. So he's obviously going to work over Daniel Garcia's arm. But I just thought the stronger story might have been Garcia being the one to that's have a TV match, a TV world title match between your star champion and your opponent. Like the classic formula is you give them loads and loads and loads. I never felt the one percent of doubt ever mm. during this match. as well worked for the story they told, which I thought was not the right one, as it was. And I thought that the goal here should have been for Garcia to come agonizingly close, to be dominant, to show his like, incredible technical acumen, to slowly rediscover, that's who I am, and yeah. that's what I should embrace all over again. Then fall back on him being a dickhead, and then he gets hoisted by his own petard. Mm. I don't know, I just thought it was a bit anticlimactic. I don't know if the story they told was the correct one, but even when you've got two wrestlers the caliber of MGF and Garcia, like even a misfire has got some brilliant moments of thought mm. uh, put into it. But I thought the aim, given the build-up, given Garcia's X slash twitter activity, was that he was meant to come out of this feeling that a little bit more undeniable. I
3: don't think he showed... I don't think that was
2: the execution here at all.
3: I I agree, but I felt as I was watching it, that the story was in fact, my God, how far has he fallen? That felt like the story. Like the Daniel Garcia that me and have talked about on these podcasts that we loved was the guy in 2021 who was losing and then explaining to you, the viewer, in character why he lost to kind of tell you that he was studying tape and that it doesn't matter if he keeps losing, but eventually he'll win because he's studying the ways in which he's losing. A, the defeat was one of those tapes he needs to study because he leant right back into a position where he could get captured with a submission so there was a there was a finish to me that showed that G- Garcia is going to watch the tape back and he's going to give you a little bit of old red death where he tweets I shouldn't have lent back like gave the game away there that's annoying but in the body of the match he was like leagues below MJF and we know that he's not and what you saw play out was the Realize it like the gradual realization of Daniel Garcia that he has fallen so far below MJF that the life he is currently leading can no longer service him. Like, and that's one of the reasons why you're rooting so much for the handshake after the fact is because yeah. you've just seen it for yourself. Get yourself out of there, mate. Get yourself out of there. What has become of Daniel Garcia? Like, MJF's offering you the path of righteousness here, and you're not taking it, please. And the story I feel is going to be like us basically begging for him to pull away from that. And had he have been like, awesome and this close, I think that betrays that a little bit. I think it then is like, oh, then
2: like, That it, way you get the fans on board and then you start to, like, instill that belief again. I thought, honestly, this was verged on a nothing match. I like, think a if, really good version of a nothing match, yeah. if that
3: makes sense. It was well-worked. Like, I have very little to, to sort of, say about mm. them. Like, we see a lot of well-worked wrestling every week. So I was kind of, like, watching for, like, what I was supposed to be taking of the two characters at this point. Also, just on Garcia's tweet, and then MJS post-match promo, he cut down that, like, uh, ring post camera they have, this was a huge um, response. The whole thing felt like a response to the Paul White, Ric Flair, Chris Jericho, Christ, AW's looking really old all of a sudden. Mm. MJF posted a picture this morning that seemed to back up. There seemed to be basically a part two of Garcia's tweet where it's just a bunch of the young guys all together in one picture. And I don't know if that's a concentrated effort by the wrestlers involved, if it's something between the wrestlers and Tony Khan as a bit of a... We're listening. Yeah, like AW is supposed. Yeah, you can have legends. You can use them. We're going to talk about one next in a mm. nice way. Ugh. But but ultimately, this should be about the future. I think those MJ's exact words down the lens. This is like AW is about the future, or AW is still yeah. a revolution, or something like that. And that felt tied to the Garcia tweet in real life, whereas in the story, I think like Garcia has got more losses like this to take. I think if he was this technical wizard. You'd be watching thinking, well, all it needs to do is rip the trousers off and reveal the trunks underneath, and you've got your old Daniel Garcia back. But I think we're ages away from that and that's the s- dawdled the story. They might have they might it might be too they've late. They told the
2: story with Shabata several mm. times this year already. But I think they've dawdled and I don't think I didn't come away from this match and the body of it and the length it was allocated and virtually everything, thinking, right, time to buy more stock in Garcia again. Just didn't get that at all. Yeah, you say, you know, they're all about the
1: future, and we've compl- uh, complained and compared them to sort of late-era WCW. And all We haven't. Old guys have going over young talent. We, we have not done that. I want to make got that explicitly that. clear. We've got that exactly here. <laughs> Two of the youngest men alive, the youngest men alive, in fact, getting buried by a legend. Ridiculous. No, I'm joking. Didn't
3: even take a bump. <laughs>
1: I love that. It was such yeah. a good spot. It was Sting and Darby <laughs> Allen versus uh, Turbo Floyd, Truth Magnum, uh, the outrunners, of course. Uh, and they got some offense in. I was very happy to see that. They uh, they got the upper hand on uh, Darby Allen early on. And, granted, the crowd couldn't have cared less. They were just chanting that they wanted to see Sting. Um, Turbo Floyd gets Darby Allen up for a suplex, who starts kneeing his way out of it, despite being all the way up in the air. And he manages to tag in Sting, who saves him. Uh, Magnum pulls out and out to the floor. Uh, the outrunners double team Sting. They celebrate like they've laid him out. He hasn't gone down, as you <laughs> said. Uh, and then there's like Stinger and Coffin splashes in the corner. Sting puts the uh, Scorpion Deathlock on Floyd and gets the
2: submission. Just fun, yeah. Just fun. Brief. Here's a bit more Sting while we've got him because we have not got him very long. No complaints for me. Watched it with a smile on yeah. my face. That's ultimately what they sought to achieve. I am once again, Bernie Sanders, <laughs> I am once again reminding you that Sting and Darby Allen have potentially the best win-loss record in the history of tag team wrestling. Of course, yeah. And they've never sniffed that title. Well, what's going on? I know what's going on. Actually, I don't.
3: You <laughs> Sting, gave them a title you shot. You think they're setting it up for Revolution, don't you? We talk, didn't we talk about that on another podcast? Because I think they're going to get Sting a singles match. The, the one and only singles match he has is at Revs. and I you, hope not. Like, Could we FTR there for the Bills. They've done Sting,
2: Derby, and FTR. Obviously, they can do it again. It yeah. was two years ago. They're completely different places now. Heal Young Bucks as champions versus Sting and Derby at Revolution. Yeah. They've signed Ooh. that contract for several more years. The jury's out on whether they actually give it to us. Why not give them that platform? Well, they're, they're, they're better as heels. Everyone knows yeah. this. They're the ones who can cackle at retiring Sting. What a launchpad that would be for them to, if they want it, yep. rediscover what they can actually bring to that table. Then again, Sting and Darby, are have to get past Jake the Snake's army. Mm-hmm. I can't do it.
1: that's bad Uh, we'll preview that we'll preview that tomorrow on the uh, collision podcast of course all going well (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Tony Schiavone's backstage in black and white with uh, Hikaru Shida and Tony Storm uh, telling us not to adjust our sets Um, Shida's like what's happened to you Tony Uh, and basically Tony says she's upset about what happened at All In She's still going to become the the first uh, three-time women's champion, though. She couldn't make history, so she became history, and Shida will never have the spotlight. Uh, Storm signs the contract, Shida signs the contract, and she says, what's going to happen is what always happens. I'm going to beat you at full gear. We get the chin up, tits out, watch for the shoe line, and Shida knocks it out of her hand.
3: I thought this ruled. I thought this absolutely ruled. Like a total... I wasn't completely out on Tony Storm, but I was as close as I think you could possibly get. For someone who likes the Fed. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, this doesn't... What I wanted was for this Tony Storm character to make sense in AEW's existing universe. We talked about this. Not create one of her own. That wasn't ever the point, mm-hmm. right? I thought this was fantastic. There is nothing wrong in Tony Storm being so lost in this character that she wants it to be shot in black and white with the filter, which I thought was quite nice and effective and a bit a bit different for your viewing experience. Then Shida, the voice of the viewer, the voice of the rational consumer, was... What's this actually about? <laughs> like we're sat in the same room, we're on the same planet Earth here. What's going on? You've got Luther and then Tony Luta? Storm. Tony Storm, like for the first time like I was critical because I thought they've got a hot character in Tony Storm and Tony Khan has just gone, right, give her a title match. And later on, Jesus Christ, no, I think she is winning. Something far more exciting is happening. But like Tony Storm here answered the question what's happened to me is because of you. In the same segment where Tony Schiavone, and I didn't know this, I'm sure like people that revise Cage yes, Match have in the that. very same segment where Tony Storm says, everything's, my mind, she didn't say my mind has collapsed, which is basically all of this is because of you. And then Schiavone's like, oh, and by the way, she has not been pinned or submitted this year. Make and more of that. And she's yeah. beating you up. But this, but this was the perfect yeah. time to make more of it because all of a sudden, Tony Storm's descent into madness is justified. So now she's got like, a mountain, it's not just the film star goes, returns to LA and like she's gonna win the title again. She's they've shown you the mountain she's got to climb and everything that fallen down that mountain has has created in Timeless Tony Storm. I love this. I'm super hyped for the match. I do think on the night it's gonna go a bit wrong and Tony Storm's gonna be received as an enormous baby face. Mm-hmm. But I now think she's going to lose based on a development elsewhere oh. on this show. Oh, I thought the other way. Tremendous stuff this for me. Like I a really, really great week for the women's division. Never say that. Yeah. I honestly thought it was. I was—I didn't wasn't as high in it as my colleague here, Hmm.
2: but uh, it
3: was fine. It
2: it was a bit better than I'm just doing silent films because that is my character now. Um, it did feel like a little bit, like tan, like a little bit linked to the real world. Yes, fine.
1: I disagree with you on the title thing, but we'll get to that. Okay, we'll get to that later later on. Uh, The next segment I'm going to call, disregarding the match, nothing on Penner and Swerve. I'm going to call this segment. Better late than never, mm-hmm. uh, because it was Swerve versus Penta. And Excalibur said, I mean, "It doesn't really make much sense here, considering it was Swerve that." Anyway, he said, uh, "Because of what happened with Swerve breaking into another man's house and threatening his child, A felony. Hangman <laughs> Page is banned from
2: ringside.
1: Better late than never. Okay, uh,
2: we'll get we'll get through it. And then again, they've we'll created the, create the goes, mess, yeah. and now they're in the process of tidying up the mess, but it's not this really clean, nice." No old-fashioned grudge. Uh, but Why Pen- did he wait for the match to be finished? Maybe I would have pissed him. Mo- Maybe, no, 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 I wouldn't have pissed him on. This is the, like, they very rarely, to this day, and to their credit, they very rarely throw things out or do DQs. But that's the joy. The fact that they do it so infrequently means that Paige should have just put an end to this match before
1: it started, pretty much. Or put an end to the match that he had on collision because he knew he was going to be there and he wasn't banned from ringside for that one. But anyway, better late than never. Look, positives. Uh, a great match from Swerve and Penta. Uh, Strickland gets the upper hand. There's some rough bumps from Penta in this one, by the way. Uh, gets the upper hand early on. Um, Penta starts a chop exchange. So Strickland's like, well, not doing that. And just stamps on his hand. Um, Penta comes back with a backstabber, sends Strickland outside. But he cuts off Penta who goes for a dive. They do this a few times. In the end, Penta hits a thrust kick and hits a somersault dive to take us to a break. We come back. Um, there's counters for counters. Maiden Penta gets counted, JML driver gets uh, countered. Double clothesline puts them both down. Uh, but Penta comes back with multiple sling blades and that new fireman's carry jackhammer thing that he does, which got a nice two count. Uh, Strickman gets sent to the outside. Penta hit a springboard destroyer from the ring to the apron.
2: Love it. Um, I just love a destroyer. Hits Such a basic bitch. <laughs> it's a top, it.
1: top rope double stomp, but uh, can only get two off the back of it. Um, Strickland hits a slingshot double stomp to the floor misses the 450 though uh, and Penta traps his arm, snaps it uh, and a made in Japan gets a really close two on there Uh, Strickland counters the fear factor a powerbomb Death Valley driver he snaps Penta's arm as a bit of a receipt from earlier on Uh, and as Penter's sitting up going, bloody hell, what was that? He gets it with a Swerve stomp. One, two, three. Uh, Post-match, Swerve, because he's an arsehole, uh, goes after Pentas mask, as he previously promised to, of course. When here comes Hangman Page with a chair, it looks like Swerve and Prince Nana are going to get away. But Nana's the only one that does because Swerve gets laid out with a chair on the ramp, as does quite a few members of security. And then Paige hit a brutal-looking dead eye off the stage, through a table, screaming as he's led
2: away that Swerve's a dead man. Better late than never, Sige. I guess, I guess, I guess. It was better late than never. Like, But you just I always think, what could have been? Mm. You know what else I think? It's pretty. It might be a radical viewpoint. and It's a good job that my colleague Michael Hamflit is sitting down right. Is that I'm a bit of a traditionalist? I think wrestling should a lot of the time be about professional wrestling, right? This match and the things Swerve did to Penta did such a more exhilarating, convincing, believable job of depicting Swerve Strickland as a psychopath ready to do anything to grab that spot he feels is his than the home invasion baby crib promo. Like, it was so less wacky. It was so less contrived. It just made me believe in him all over again after a really wonky two to three weeks of this feud, like desperately, desperately disappointing. The idea that he didn't get, you know, punished for doing a <laughs> felony. The fact that he's not in a holding cell or whatever. Like he just,
1: uh, Yeah, no, no punishment from the law and no punishment from AEW either.
2: Yeah, it's absolutely preposterous. It is really kind of dampened my investment in what has been a pretty good story so far, and with a class, class match at Wrestle Dream as well. This reset the board a little bit. And if you want to depict Swerve as that guy, you do it in the body of a match against someone like Penta, who took the. Bu- you know that one that Emmy did against Danielson in that TV match? That move, Penta kind of took it wrong, but. It looked right as all hell. <laughs> a bit on the oh yeah. Oh, my God. I, this is how it's done. Um, I was probably a little bit lower on the match than a few people. I didn't think it was like, again, we are spoiled. We are completely yeah. spoiled. I didn't think it was in that top tier of AEW TV matches this year, but it did the job. It did the freaking job. Um, Paige looked present for once. Yeah. It's still hard to believe in the character because you know, you kind of cut a promo on someone's baby <laughs> <laughs> and it, wait to get your, your your baby face vengeance. But as you said, it's, it doesn't, I'm not like such a goldfish that I watch this angle and go, yes, go on, hangman. Like, it, it's kind of been ruined now. Now nah, I'm spoiled. I'm put off. Yeah. you know the a, kid, a yeah. Yeah, so Get the f*** out of my house, Larry. I'm <laughs> <and laughs> put off. So I have been put off. Yeah. So I'll never invest to the level I was ahead of Wrestle Dream, but you know, at least I wasn't rolling my eyes and mm. bitching and complaining about it.
1: You See, I am a goldfish,
2: uh, and I've been, <laughs> I, I've been the I've gr-
1: seen the Reddit post. Yeah, I've been the been the grumpy guy uh, on uh, Mox a while back, and uh, Hangman Page, obviously, most recently, and both of them in recent weeks have had something where I've gone, there it is. That's what I've missed. And I, I think that that's what people need to admit sometimes. We talked about this a little bit yesterday when people are like, A.W.'s been fine. I don't know what you three are complaining about. Stop banging on about it. Stop being so bloody negative. And then you can't also simultaneously say, uh, we're back. Well, where have you been then? It's th- That's mm-hmm. what I felt. But uh, there was glimpses of what I've really missed from Hangman Page here.
3: This was um, terrific matchmaking more than it was a great match for the benefit of the angle that followed. Yes. Um I think I'm with I must say like I like this. I think this was the best match on this dynamite, but I don't think it was a particularly great in-ring dynamite. There was a lot to like about the main event, but again, I don't think it was this like in-ring classic. Mm-hmm. Same like with the opener. I no, thought it was a
2: great TV match, but um, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. It was the, t- the main event that is.
3: I like we watch so much TV wrestling, and I don't think we're alone just because we review it. I think a lot of fans try and watch all of it. Yeah. And there's so much good wrestling that good moves often get substituted for good wrestling. And what I want is to feel the identity of the wrestlers within the match. And I got absolutely loads of that here. There was so much spite. too much people argued on Collision when Alex Abrahantus and Penta were doing more to target Swerve than Hangman Page himself. <laughs> yeah. But you've got that in the match, and they're the type of wrestlers... That and AR Fox. A while yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Like, they're the wrestlers. Swerve and Penta are wrestlers that wrestle with spite. They are nasty, nasty wrestlers that like want to win the match, but have so many... Unique and cruel ways to hurt you while doing it. Like, Penta, it's like that fun flashback to when Penta was like, "You're not going to hold your baby, Cody. You? Right, like that sort of that sort of stuff is what Penta does for a TV match. Yeah. Well, sorry, I'm going to have to break your arm. I'm going to have to bend it backwards and then Swerve saying, "I can do that too." Like, how cruel do you want to get here? So I thought this match had real character and real identity, even though it never like surpassed that kind of three and three quarter ceiling. I don't think it didn't need to. It didn't need to. I thought it was a good setup. Uh, for the angle, which was necessary and was needed. I I think I am just maybe more generous to it in that mm. I thought the angle was... I thought Hangman was so impressive at yes. showing fire. Great night for the elite, by the way. Like, ha- like so impressive at showing fire for the first time in ages, I'd forgotten what it was like. Yes. And that maybe did more for me than a standard post-match beatdown with a chair and dead eye through a table might have done. I got... I was energised by this, and I, I wasn't... As off the boat as Sid with this story, but I just didn't think that I could be energized by whatever Paige was gonna do mm-hmm. as an act of revenge and I, I got it.
0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh one.com.
1: Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundary. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com Slash what culture. Alex Marvez is backstage with uh, Bullet Club Gold, the Bing Ging Uh they're back from vacation. Uh, Jay White costs a promo. Uh basically saying, Oh, you know, stop bloody googling yourself. Uh, no matter what you do, I'm gonna be better than I'm better than you, and everybody knows it. Uh, and then we got a cool little uh, video package with g- video game footage from Like a Dragon to hype up the big street fight, Omega, Jericho, Bushi, and Paul White taking on the uh, Don Callis family. And hey, if you're a fan of that sort of thing, what well, culture Gaming Podcast,
3: wherever you get your podcast from.
1: Anything you want to say on those?
3: I'm not a fan of that sort of thing, so it did nothing for me, but people on <laughs> X seem to absolutely love it and... Like all power to them, and I will say this from a wrestling point of view. I disagree with Cedric. I think it should be less wrestling, if anything. But from a wrestling, oh, I almost had an argument with EBU on. No, no, I last don't think there should
2: be more wrestling. I just feel like you can sometimes better portray your character in the body of a wrestling match yeah. or a wrestling promo than a dumb skit. That makes no sense. That's fair. I almost had a, a row when I saw you chat. I have that. way more promos, by the way. <laughs> yeah, way yeah. more in ring promos down the lens. I'm not advocating for more. Oh, really good wrestling match that. nobody wants No, I feel like more. I want, I want, I want to see um, Eddie and Punk. Yes, mm. exactly. Yeah, in ring stuff as well.
1: But yeah, I almost had a row with with Eboo when he was like, "Oh, I only watch NXT for the wrestling." I was like, "You are missing out, don't you? Ba- don't you bad mouth the best wrestling show of the week by saying it's it's only about the wrestling? It's about
3: so much more. Than the that. contrast is key oh if for anyone. Uh, don't say it's all rubbish either. That's, <laughs> kind, of, that's kind of part of it. from a, From a wrestling standpoint, we. When we knew about this Sega thing, the tie-in, I think last night that what I will say that promoted for next week's match is that it has completely reframed the expectations on it and maybe helped me understand why uh Paul White and Kurt Rubushi have been thrown in there. Like last week, anybody that was excited about Jericho and Nagun up were lying. Yes. Right. But this week has made it clear that this is kind of a tie-in. This is a less serious version of the time that like the elite dressed up as a ghostbusters Halloween. That was super important and class. This might be as close to cinematic as you get in an arena. I expect them to come out dressed as a video game characters. Mm. It's I kind of hate that this is the end of the you Kenny Omega it thing, but sucks. It but like, stinks. But like the Don, but like the Daniel Garcia thing. What I feel like I'm watching here is a lot of admitting defeat. The, mm. This has failed. This has failed. This it stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Yes, Mr. Wrestling fan, everything stinks. Well, it does stink, Tony. <laughs> Clean it up and start again. Yeah. And this match being done with. Like, I'm so hyped for the tag match. That, oh, yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, I never saw this coming, and I cannot wait. And it's like, yeah, good, get that callousing thing out of them. We never liked it anyway, actually. Bored of you. Like, I'll have this. It's, so it's, it sort of feels, like, nice. It's happening before full gear. I'm really sorry, Kenny and Don. You kind of <laughs> it.
2: You completely <laughs> and utterly <laughs> it, and but I'm, I'm ready really for, annoyed.
3: I'm ready for what we've kind of somehow landed on in the aftermath. Yeah.
2: I do not have any fundamental issues with tie-ins. Who cares? They happen yeah. a couple of times a year. Yeah. I just, it's just the fact that this is ending in this manner is just ridiculous. And it's not just the months we've spent where Omega didn't really cut one traditional fighter babyface promo vowing revenge on Don Callis for that. It's one of the. It should, by all rights, be one of the all-time wrestling betrayals. And I've yeah, said this a million times. It's also attempted times. murder. The extent <laughs> to which Don Callis put over Kenny Omega and the amount of time he did it, hmm. it should have resonated this earth shattering development never did kenny omega for all his genius like the level of genius this man possesses between the ropes and in the body of a match in the story is just unparalleled for me for him to just i needs to be a basic bitch like five percent more Basic exposition, bitch, Kenny Omega. And that's me saying that. For it all to end with Paul White and a video game tie-in <laughs> is just not on. And what's really been accomplished here? Nothing. Mm. You, don't re- you only feel more for Omega by getting away from it. Kanosuke Takeshita does not get over.
1: And what was he kind of said about him again? I've, I've forgotten uh, the line that he said to put over Takeshita.
2: Kanosuke Takeshita's the kind of guy that, uh, when he walks into a bar, his dick's already been there two minutes. Unbelievable unbelievable um hi what a disaster what an absolute waste of time slash disaster this is i'm sure the 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 tie-in will be quite fun and i'll be into it
1: exactly looking on the brighter side of things this means potentially Hamlet, we're one step closer to the aw rocket league crossover
3: oh my god do you know as well what i realized when i saw tying in with sega like they've already got a sonic ring yeah, so, someone's had this. I said this on the news. Could have done that. Couldn't you, like, get that thing back up on the ladder? And the then big hemorrhoid thing. Yeah, but I'm all dressed in blue.
2: The ultimate irony for how wrong all of this feels and how it shouldn't have gone this way is that like Kenny Omega is an absolutely massive Nintendo guy. Ah. He's always been the Nintendo so guy. Sting a little bit. <laughs> but Capcom mainly.
3: It's a Capcom Sega are uh, with Nintendo now as well, aren't they? Which is strange <laughs> to me. So it's, yeah. it's all yeah. Greek yeah. to me.
1: They, uh, they should have got the, uh, the ring and then uh, signed... Nathan Fraser. <laughs> then he could have been Sonic. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, again, Sage. I can't do this As the world ends. Nathan Fraser. Well, I'm playing in windows. No apologize
2: to me. Uh, no, I don't uh, know when the world's going to end. Don't worry about
1: it. <laughs> R- R- Renee is backstage. It's every with, time I don't do something. Frank <laughs> <laughs> Backstage with the Golden Jets. That's Kenny May and Chris Jericho. Next week's the final boss you Ill-advised. Uh... Uh, Jericho starts talking, but he immediately gets cut off by the young books who say, uh, sorry, we're uh, we're having to set up in the broom closet with all the extras because there's no bloody room in our locker room with all your bags, Chris. Uh, and they're like, ooh, Golden Jets, what a nice name. I bet you thought that, Jericho, you prick. is uh, another name for you. The Elite, do you remember that? You know, the guys who started this whole damn place. Um, and uh, Jericho says, hmm, it's funny because I thought, you know, the league was about you being friends with Omega and yet you weren't there when Powerhouse Hobbs beat the crap out of him. Um, and Jericho's like, oh, yeah, because they, they say, oh, it's the three of us who set up all the And I was like, I feel like there's one missing there, boys. Uh, and Jericho's like, actually, actually, it was the four of us. I was like, four's the correct number, just not the right four, but OK. Love that it's canon now, by the way. We're kind of the first guys to, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. he's finally got it on television. He says, "I think you'll find it's the four of us who started AEW." And Matt's like, "Oh, typical Jericho, kind of taking credit for all this and cashing a big check." Um, Felt like a dig. He, uh, Jericho says, "I think you need to remember who you're talking to here," Um, uh, and I still think that. me and Omega could beat the greatest tag team in the world. And I thought, oh, my God, they're getting the Usos in AEW. But no, <laughs> he, he, uh, he meant the Young Bucks. Um, Matt and Nick. <laughs> <laughs> At jam. least the Young Bucks can uh, throw an actual super kick. Matt and Nick gives you the challenge for buggy. <laughs> and uh, Jericho says, all right, well, we'll fight you, but um, you have to put your, <sighs> your tag title shot that everyone had forgot about that you're sitting on, on the line. Uh, and they said, all right, well, if we win, this Golden Jets thing is no more. And Omega finally pipes up. He says, I, Guys, I don't want to wrestle you, but let's be honest, we've done this before and we know how it goes. You want to talk about Abushi? You want to talk about Hangman? If this Is what it this is. this what you're going to take to make you grow up and stop being sissy, whiny, bitchy children? That's verbatim. Uh, he'll, I'll see you at full gear. And uh, he walks off and Jericho says, in a sort of hoarse voice, I'll be glad to take you to the woodshed. Beat your spoiled brat asses. And by the way, I've got my own dressing room.
2: Amazing. I... Oh my God! Uh, inject this, inject this. Oh my God! Some self-awareness. <laughs> oh my there God! It is. People being dialed in. People being aware of the reputation and their and their sort of stigma at this point. They know. Thank God. This is like they know that we know that they know. That, 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 that. Thank God that they feel. I think I kind of been here before. Again, I've been burned by AEW several times over this year. Right. The fingers have been burnt a lot. I didn't automatically go boom, we are back. But I did do the thank you, Michael Scott gift. <laughs> it's like, right, you know. That means it is kind of unacceptable for you not to grab this by the I don't know, throat and just short and curlies. Just be the books again. Yeah, just yeah. do class stuff again. Just get dialed in again. You kind of won. Act like it. You signed the extension, and if you haven't got your AEW back and it didn't magically happen, why don't you try and cast the spell again? You know, why don't you put in the work to do it? Um, I really liked Matt Jackson's promo here. I thought because they're both such bitches and dickheads, <laughs> Jericho and Matt Jackson talking to each other It's like, oh, it's a masterstroke. Yeah, and I did think. It's all very easy for Kenny to fight the Bucks. And again, I'm sorry. It wasn't quite as easy in February and January 2020, (laughs) but I just think this time, you don't need to really fracture that relationship exquisitely week by week by week by week because a lot of it's already happened. And yes, they came back together, but then they're destined to fall apart. And Kenny, I thought, is he being a little bit, is this a bit of a shortcut to get to the match? Or if you don't watch this in isolation and the last couple of weeks with Paul White in isolation, I think Kenny, the character, is just like this is the end of the tether stuff. Like I don't need another three weeks or three months of grappling with the idea that you're really pissing me off. I'm just done with you being a complete mm. baba.
3: Whe, way, way. <laughs> He's um I tell you what, what's great about Kenny Omega... And why perhaps you don't get the promos that you desperately want sometimes is that he would, he, he hasn't got The Rock or Steve Austin or Hulk Hogan in him as the promotions top star. Like he showed flashes of it as a heel, I think as world champion, but it's not him as a baby face, no. especially. But Christ, is there anyone as good? with a teeny tiny neg as Kenny. Oh, he's a knob like, in the th- best possible way. To his best friends. It's always the best ones are always <laughs> yeah. to his best friends. The ones he dropped on the Hangman page were just like, you, ow, my heart. <laughs> like, and I liked him doing it to the Young Bucks. It was the same. It was like, you absolute bastard, mate. Like, you, like, you're not with Matt Jackson particularly, but you're immediately fired up for the Young Bucks wanting to take this team away. Sorry, Kenny, mate. That was over the line and we're going to have to take this thing you like right now away from you just because, just put you back in your box. And then Kenny, just to uh, remind them, well, which way around does that always go? I felt the fire. I felt the energy. I love the stakes. To reintroduce the tag title shot, not just as a, remember this, but also you should want this and you could lose it and we'll take it away from you. Like this also tacitly puts over the Golden Jets. as a thing that like, whether Jericho or Kenny love it, they are suddenly willing to fight for it. Yeah. And it's all out of Jericho and Matt Jackson's kind of ego and bombast. Sidgwick's nailed it. They're not likeable. There's not technically by little or a baby face here. But you favor those arseholes a little bit more than those arseholes, so let's go. Yeah. And like as a like I don't think, and I think it's worth people measuring. It's a bit the uh bit of the scene of solo circles, scene of remarketing it. It's a bit worth measuring your expectations that this isn't Golden Lovers. It's not revolution twenty eighteen. It isn't revolution in twenty twenty. But Kenny plus one versus the young Bucks... Has law that it is worth kind of oh. like
1: attaching yourself to. So we'll dine out on that on the full gear preview, like, don't you worry.
3: Lean in. I'm really excited by this. I didn't see the development coming either. So it was cool. I wouldn't have never, like I wouldn't have thought to preview this as a, what do you think the young books are actually going to do this week? Never would have landed here. I, even after the little squabble. The yeah. Prior
1: week. Yeah. I noted them down I, on the preview yesterday. I was just like, I can't be asked, But yeah. now I'm super into it. So yeah. Mission accomplished. Uh, right, let's move on to meet Forever. Uh, that's Samoa Joe versus Keith Lee for the ROH TV title. Aww. That was the chance it was getting.
3: did we want to be a vegetarian? Um, that's a lie. <laughs> yeah, That's, that's uh, a lie. That's, let's not say things we don't mean. Which is a boring match.
1: The uh, yeah. big lads smashing into each other with shoulder tackles early on. Joe manages to get the better of it because he uses an eye poke. Uh, but Lee fires back up and flattens Joe. Um... Yeah, double chopped by Lee. This is when the Meet Forever chance are coming in. Uh, Joe turns the tide, though, uh, but a leapfrog drop down, a huge cross body by Lee, sends Joe to the outside to take us to a break. When we come back, um, Joe fires back with a massive sit out knee breaker, uh, gets hit with a dragon screw, uh, and Joe hits the Manhattan drop and the big boots. Uh, but as he goes for the sent on, Lee counters and hits a huge release German suplex. I'll give it the. Oh Uh, Pop-up powerbomb from uh, Keith Lee gets a two count. He wants the ground zero, but Joe gets free, puts him in the coquina clutch, and Lee passes out. The referee just calls it. No submission, just calls it at the time. Uh, Let's talk match, then we'll talk
2: post-match. Oh, my God, we'll talk the Mm. post-match. I thought Keith Lee's selling at the finish was really good, like really gradual. I know it doesn't really work like that in real life, but it isn't real life. It's pro wrestling, and it was very theatrical. I thought he did a very, very good job. This kept threatening to burst into life and become the version of itself that it would have been six years ago. Never got there. But I had a fun time with it. My expectations were pretty low, however, so that probably informs my uh, reaction to a match that was uh, nicer on the graphic, if I'm being honest.
3: Yeah, I agree. I thought this was a massive letdown, but then maybe my expectations were raised by, like, our conversation yesterday, the more we sort of talked around it, the more I was like, they could do this, and they could do this, and they just did virtually none of this. I was, like, surprised in layout how one-sided this felt, not least for the length they were given. So, you know, you're not watching a squash. I know where Joe is and where Keith Lee is in terms of the various, like, hierarchies in AEW, but I wouldn't have cast this as one-sided as it played out, not least when what we had coming next puts Keith Lee even further down, you know, like they were going to talk about it. But I didn't know Shane Taylor, I was surprised by yeah. not, like, not complaining. No. Like clean finish is fine. Yeah. Like it's more than fine. It's great. It's what m- we're here for. The match didn't, Why we're not watching either shade? <laughs> <laughs> the match didn't just didn't work for me. Like I watched a couple of big man matches yesterday to get excited for this, just to get in the headspace. And uh the ones I watched were far better.
2: Yeah, you're meant to when you watch when you see this match graphic and you watch the match play out, you're meant to go, how the f- are you doing that <laughs> oh my god that looks fucking amazing I'm losing my mind never lost my mind no I went nah yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, not full oh no that wasn't even it. close I wasn't even close to maybe they were,
1: maybe they were already getting, getting accused of uh, stealing spots from Dutch Mantel just a thought <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, post-match Joe gets the mic uh, and says, look, what stands before you is the greatest ROH greatest TV champ of all time, but I didn't just come here to be TV champ. Uh, hunger's what defines the greats. Consider me hungry. Uh, as of right now, I am vacating the uh, TV title. The next gold on my shoulder the will be the AEW World Heavyweight Championship, whether MGF likes it
2: or not. It will take a very, very special talent and lucky... Tony Khan and AEW, they have quite a few. Can you imagine looking at the the Tony Khan's bracket for this tournament and thinking, like, instantly, I'm going to receive every single person in that tournament, unless he's going to retire the belt outright, which he should.
3: Who needs the ROH World Title, uh, TV title? It's in a your really life? damaging surrender as well, this. Like, I was astonished. By I, want, I want to have a second go at a title of ROH Challenge for one lost in AEW. Basically, subtext the proper show. Like, honestly, it's so hard to like Steve Austin surrendered the Intercontinental title to The Rock, and even that wasn't perfect. But you've got to do it so delicately when you're saying, I don't want this anymore. Like, Mm. that's so dangerous.
2: It's dangerous. Then again, what more damage can be done to the ROH brand? Yeah. It's dead. And I just thought, I almost got excited. I was like, Is this
3: the first uh, bit of the Jenga pile? Just get rid of it second I'd argue after the hung I'm that poster with all of the AW guys on it like Kingston, MJF Cole, hung books, uh Joe, two of those champions aren't champions anymore yeah like for the December. Bang uh,
2: but it's get rid of just like it's always been the why why did you do this ROH, unlike NXT and WWE, NXT gave you something the main roster didn't once upon a time. Right, that was never the case with ROH. It was just so unnecessary. Like, why have you done this? People speculated that he did it to curry favor with CM Punk, and he was really happy with their relationship at the time, and he was about to belt them up, and he thought, I'm going to have your library as well, just to appease my top star. And then the top star (laughs) went, he's like, I'm stuck with this now. Then he shopped it around. Then he shopped it around as a businessman to make more money, and then Warner were like, no. What's that brand value to us? Nothing. We can't see it ever making money. They clearly to like a really divisive, not divisive, like a really toxic reaction. They clearly tried to shop around ROH as a brand last year, infiltrated AEW programming. It was one of several factors that uh, went into the decline of AEW, just the multiple belts that meant nothing. Like if the it's always felt Ring of Honor like this total and utter inessential imposition. Sorry for the alliteration. <laughs> I've never cared about it. Yes, FTR and Briscoe's. Yes. In a better world you could have got that on AEW. Um yes, there's been the odd oh like the ROH title match I've just watched. Oh, Shabata versus uh Kingston, that was nice. Cena and, and Billy Sarks aren't getting the freedom on it. Y- yeah. So it's yeah. almost like
3: you can use that extra yeah. time uh, there yeah, a lot, of, and yeah. that's about it, isn't it?
2: Nothing that other than the Briscoe's FTR rivalry, absolutely nothing that's happened in ROH could not have been accomplished on AEW. It's just it's not it's just now. It's absolutely nout. Um and the idea that now the characters themselves are saying don't care anymore. End this charade now. Someone actually came up with a really good point in one of my replies, because I said that exact thing in my ex this morning. End the absolute charade that is ROH now if Samojo's going to do something like that. And someone said, if the NWA can come that close to getting a deal on CW, if you're Tony Khan and you ultimately... Uh, this is a passion project. Feels less like it than it did in 2019, let's be honest. But nonetheless, it's a passion project. He still loves it. He's still a massive wrestling fan but he's also a businessman. And if you're thinking, Jesus Christ, if the CW are purportedly trying to get the NWA on the programming, oh, I'll keep this around, then I might make more money. Yeah, But it's it, I hate it so much, like almost
3: irrationally. Mm-hmm. On a micro level as well, is it not a slight plot hole that Samoa Joe is campaigning to become MJ's tag team partner and thus become one half of the Ring of Honor tag team champion? But he's only using that. Is the if film. I if I help you out, we win this together. You owe me the
2: yeah. ultimate yeah. prize that I want. That's, That's all right. it is. Yeah. Uh, right, Orange Cassidy and Hook
1: are backstage, and Cassidy's fired up. He says uh, John Moxley's is the only person he's ever thought about since uh, he left him in a pool of his own blood. At all out. Uh, he says, I'm sorry for picking up the pieces, not of Ray Phoenix, but the international title that you dropped. But he needs to beat him in order to be the uh, international champion that he knows he can be. He's going to do that out full gear. Let's talk about both promos at the same time because it just makes sense. Uh, so later on, after the guns match, Moxley and Wheeler, you were backstage. And Moxley's like, I knew it. I knew it. I've been getting calls all week. People saying, oh, Orange Cassidy didn't do anything wrong. But he knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, but this isn't about the belt. It's about the laws of nature. His business is a jungle. BCC are the dominant pack of predators. Um, what kind of example would I, setting, would I be setting for Utah if I don't beat the piss out of Orange Cassidy? Uh, and he basically sets up a challenge next week, uh, himself and Utah versus uh, Cassidy and Hook. And he tells Hook as well to take notes if his fingers still work, whilst Utah says uh, Hook has
2: messed with the wrong crew and he'll see Hook and Cali. The idea of Mox and Hook interacting.
0: Oh, my God. I
2: mean, that should be, I think that could be class. Like, really distinctive professional wrestling. I really new and Mm. oh, my God, them two. Love that. I think Mox's promo was his best, Mm. if I'm being brutally honest. Um, I will say that I really like how, remember it, it was a title Tuesday when they had the confetti, and they kind of had this series of circumstances. They made choices as well to get it from Mox to Phoenix, not a choice. Phoenix to Cassidy, a choice, not a particularly inspiring one. And it all made Cassidy just look a bit of a chancer. I didn't be, the big title celebration, all he did was put Phoenix out of his misery mm. rather quickly. He didn't feel like a champion. And now Orange Cassidy, the character, has told you, I don't feel like a champion, and I can only feel like a champion until I beat John Moxley. Thank you. I did need that. But I still don't care that much about the full gear match. There's time, there is time.
3: I care the most I ever have. Again, said it a few times already in this podcast, I thought they did a great job of cleaning up a bit of a mess here with these two promos. It did this story more than most. It didn't need exposition, because we watch every week and you see what the characters get up to, but it needed clearer motivations on both sides. There was something quite sweet about John Moxley, almost like defending the honour of Wheelie's integrity, I have to beat you up, because otherwise, what kind of example am I setting yeah. to my son Wheelie? You know, like, that's that's very John Moxley, that. But he was obscuring this anger and a little bit of envy and a little bit of jealousy of how things have turned out. And I, like, I buy that. Yeah. I buy that there's a bit of insecurity in Moxley there. I still think they could do with... I think the, my anticipation for the match is not where it should be, if only because I still don't really know where either sit as heels and babyfaces. Yeah. Like, I'm sure on the night it'll figure itself out and one will just slot into a situational role. I've and not it, known about the BCC for about three months now. No, I mean, that's a mess <laughs> in and of itself. But, like, Orange Cassidy, when he won that title, and the way and the manner in which he won it, it did feel like he's going to be the, the situational heel. He's taking the title while he basically got a pile of broken bodies in Moxley and Phoenix, and Cassidy's picking up the pieces. It's not that. Orange Cassidy has not turned heel, but he has gotten serious. Uh, similarly, Moxley, there was a sort of honour to his dishonorable actions, even though he was horrible when he brutalised Orange, like absolutely vile last yes. week when he brutalised Cassidy. He attached a bit of honour to it this week, and then you're like, all right, yeah, I suppose I've got to give you the benefit of the doubt. I still want him to take a break. I'm still kind of sick, like sick of having to have these make these choices about John Moxley. But I think they'll get there. This really I think this put a lot of this back on track. It's not been a good feud. This all out was too impressive a capper for this for their chemistry for yeah. me to go back to it so soon. But they'll get there, I think. In amongst all this was a squash match for the Guns. I didn't
1: even write down who they faced. I can't remember. They won with the three ten to Yuma. Oh, the Bollywood Boys. boys oh, what's boys, the Bollywood it? Boys? Yeah. I completely forgot. I was just like, oh. They got a big pop as well. Yeah. They won in seconds here and cut a promo uh, saying MJF's a liar, lying to the fans for years. Uh, that's not something a generational talent does. They read out their resume and say, we're the generational talents. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're an embarrassment of a champion, MJF. The only fans, yeah, the only friends you've got left are the fans, and I hope you pick one of these fat pieces of, you know.
2: I love hearing that word. I'm sorry, <laughs> I've never stopped loving it. Yeah, you yeah. know, everyone was like uh, in 2021 particularly. Yeah, they're overusing that word. I'm like, keep saying it and keep blading every single week. <laughs> Feels like a lot of that we're taking it too far. Energy. That's another thing that's gone. Yeah. Oh, come on, bring that back. Bring that back, please.
1: Uh, guns up, and MJF's watching backstage as Samojo Joe walks up. <laughs> next
3: to him. Good promo. Yeah. Like maybe just have the promo instead of the match. Like didn't it, it didn't need it, did it? No. Uh video package of
1: Wardlow, first three years in his AW career. Foot was constantly on his neck, holding him down, making him feel worthless. MGF's not gonna know where or when, but when he finds out it's gonna be too late. The days of the devil ruling
3: over AW are coming to an end. Big, big fan of this. Um another great week for Wardlow, but I thought uh the words here were Uh, The words here were chosen carefully, I think. Um, Wardlow, having talked about how he felt like he had the foot on his neck and how he was, uh, as he was, you know, he was forced to like sort of do whatever MJF Mm -hmm. asked of him. By having the control of the when and the where, he feels like he's finally flipped that. But he hasn't, has he? Because he's been driven to these psychopathic depths (laughs) by MJF. He thinks finally, uh, it's a good thing I've got this MJF situation in control. No, you haven't, mate. You're worse than ever. <laughs> like, you shouldn't be driven this crazy that you sit up all night looking like a an ex-cop that's still got the old case that retired him on the wall trying to figure out, like, he thinks he's got MJF where he wants him, but he's broken by this whole thing, and it's sent him into this spiral. I love this. Um, keeps mentioning about the world, and I am starting to think that Wardlow will defeat MJF for the world title at World's End. Genuinely. Like, Wardlow? Uh, yep, I think Joe's closer. You reckon? Yeah. Love that we're having this conversation, yeah, exactly. by the way. Like, love that, that I don't, because it's not Jay White. It's not right enough. <laughs> forget <laughs> forget. That's uh, out of the way. Survivor Series next week anyway. But then after that, <laughs> after that, the power's back oh, for World's I End. Survivor
2: Series. No, nah, I do. Yeah. Cody and War Games. He's going to yeah. get yeah. surrounded by that mesh and something's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And, and don't forget,
1: CM Punk's going to show up as well. So, uh, right, he's going
3: to do his. Uh, speaking of Wardlow, he's going to do his like <laughs> moon salt where he like arches oh, a little bit in the air. He's going to do right. one of them on a on a fifty guys.
2: I cannot wait for that War Games match because. 80% of it is going to be terrible, but Cody's gonna, mm,
3: he's, yeah, he's going to... He's going to get that feeling. It's a, mm, the match, isn't it? Yeah, he's going he's <laughs> to gonna, he's gonna,
2: he's gonna go wild in there. I cannot not wait. Uh,
1: almost time for the main event. So, uh, yep, time for the women's match. Julia Hart versus Red Velvet. Uh, I enjoyed the match. It's just typical that they put it in this position. The moment they... And the little thing in the bottom left-hand corner. I was like, there it is. And then it was like, it, obviously, we talked about how great they all were. Like, we're going to hear from Orange Cassidy. We're going to hear from John Moxley. We're going to hear from everyone, everyone, and like that. And I was like, yep, yep, yep. And then quick flash of the women's graphic. And then yeah, onto, the, onto the proper stuff in their eyes. But like you say, women getting more featured on this show. We'll talk a little bit about the new signing in a second as well. But it was uh, Red Velvet versus Julia Hart on Julia Hart's birthday, I yeah. believe. Oh, happy birthday. Uh, and she celebrated by kicking Red Velvet's ass. Um, <laughs> We got uh, back and forth action early on. Uh, it's been a while since obviously Red Velvet's been in the ring, of course. Body Slam takes us to break. We come back. Uh, Velvet makes a comeback with a leg lariat and a wheelbarrow bulldog. Um, there's a double knees to the back whilst Hart's in the ropes. Standing Moonsault gets two. Uh, but she runs, does Red Velvet into a cornerback elbow. Uh, she hits the iconoclasm for a nice near fall, I should say, uh, but takes her time to, to follow that one up, and that allows Hart to hit a thrust kick and a huge moonsault for the one, two, three. Post-match, she puts uh, Heartless on Red Velvet. Sky Blue comes down. There's a face-off. Statlander's there. Willow Nightingale's there. Willow Nightingale, lovely person that she is, takes Red Velvet to the back, while Statlander and Hart have a stare
2: down. Uh, I, 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 again... This missed stuff, this eye makeup stuff, this convoluted who's aligned with who stuff. Can I just have some hatred, please? I'm begging for some goddamn hatred, some clear defined motives, anti-supernatural bollocks. The match itself I thought was really good with mm. a nice pure flavor mm. of the returning from injury wrestler, like just not strong enough to mm. come back. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I thought the match was, I'll never remember it in a million years,
3: um, but nice to see Red Velvet back. I thought it was, superb. was I, Ju- superb. Julia Hart's improvement this year. I like has been fantastic. That run in the Chris Statlander match, like was the, it's either been happening in the background, I just haven't noticed it, but that run where I was kind of like leaning in a little bit with the Lenny thing on Julia Hart <laughs> matches. And obviously she has she loses that title match and then in AEW typically you're off the map. Well, you, I... you're done, you know.
2: <laughs> hands up. Yeah. I'm holding my hands up. Because I tweeted um in the wake of the wrestle dream match, was it? Yeah. All right, well, it sucks that she won't be around for another, like, three weeks or three
3: months or whatever. And, no, yeah. she feels like she's part of that furniture now, so... <laughs> the um, I thought the knee brace was going to get in Red Velvet's way early on. I thought we were going to have a Rey Mysterio WrestleMania 21 mask situation, but they worked through that as well. And when you've got so little time, and you've got the worst spot on the card, mm-hmm. and your storytelling typically isn't that great... The last thing you need is then something almost like out of your hands to go wrong. And the match was good enough that they just worked through that as well. I didn't hate the uh Ipting You stuff quite as much because I did love the detail of Will and I just going to help Red Velvet and it kind of bringing Red Velvet into this little orbit a bit. Mm. Just, just Orbit sucks. Uh, the orbit sucks a little bit. That yeah, it sucks. But like... You, you you do need more stories, even yeah, if you can have good ones. I know, but you <laughs> might just have to trudge through some bad ones first to get to the good ones yeah, to no, starts, encourage people to tell more. I just to feel nothing and then <laughs> move, move on with my life.
1: Um so if I just quickly check my notes here. Uh, yeah, that was the only women's match on the card, mm-hmm. um, so before we get to the uh, name of the game, what's the uh, aim of the game again?
2: The aim of the game is to identify to the hour, minute, and second the first time you hear the first entrance note for the first women to appear for the only women's match to underscore, italicise, put in bold how apathetic and obligatory, and gotta you do it now these days. <laughs> the women's division is. And this is a bit of vintage uh, game playing. <laughs> yeah, it was. Because we all came very close because we kind of knew it was going to be the penultimate match on the card. And when that time kind of comes, <sighs> that's the aim of the game. And we play it to just really try and manifest change and improvement. And maybe this was the first time, but we've been here multiple times mm-hmm. before. Don't always go back to the bloody beginning. That's the aim of the game. The name of the game as well. This is Ladies Night. And I'm thinking, oh, what a night time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, little dad's moving there. I don't know why. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, I was I was feeling quietly. Maybe com-
2: I'm feeling uh, a bit juicy, because,
1: well, exactly. I was yeah, you exactly. You get it. I was. <laughs> I really thought we were gonna. We might have actually nailed this because I was th- looking at the clock and I was going, "We've kind of covered the mm-hmm. the bases here." Uh, and yes, Michael Sidgwick wins again at only forty-five. Se- we're gonna get it. We are going to get this. I don't want to get it. No, oh, I know, but
3: we're we gonna but do. We it. We will. Yeah.
1: Forty-five seconds off. Uh, thank you, as always, to Adam Blair at Adam Wilton Four and Jose Palomares at the Ho Eleven on Twitter. The guys who always take care of the um, data for this sort of thing. Yeah, Sidge, Uh the result was a one hour, twenty-four minutes, and thirty-four seconds. So Sige was forty-five seconds off, moving him to ten correct guesses on the year. <laughs> with eight, me with six. Um, and that wasn't the only women's thing on the show. Obviously, the, the, the Sheeta Thomas Tony Storm thing and are you R- feeling all right Ar- that,
3: uh, what, what's
1: going on rj city was backstage and uh, oh, three yeah yeah, yeah three says so we might have heard rumblings they're true uh, aw's got a new signing uh, mariah may who walks in very excited uh, so she's been in stardom we talked to a little bit about them in the news me and andy uh, very excited to be in aew and rj's like what's your what's your goals what's your what do you want to achieve what's your plans etc she says well look i'm a big fan of yours and your work, especially with Tony Storm. Tony Storm is basically the reason I'm here. Um, you know, I followed her to stardom. Now I've kind of followed her here. And RJ's like, oh, okay. Um, well, she's just left, but maybe next week I'll introduce her. And this is better than signing for AEW, I think, for Mariah May. She is ecstatic. She kisses RJ City on the cheek. She thanks him. Uh, she's going to have a factor in the Tony
2: Storm match, isn't she? <laughs>
3: Oh, my God. Goals, motivations, and an actual profile of a new wrestler in AEW. I've had
2: storyline, so he's, he
3: loves never th- it. <laughs> <laughs> never thought I'd see the day. I do not know what the f- 90% of AEW's roster are up to ever. Like, their yeah. motivations aren't clear other than, to Sidgwick's point, making friends with people that you would never believe they would be friends with, right? Yes. Over the course of one promo, Mariah May, who I have seen wrestle three times, right? And I don't imagine I'm alone in the fact that, like, a lot of AEW fans won't watch Stardom or other places where Mariah May has been. Uh, it doesn't matter what those matches, whether they're good, whether they're bad, it does not matter. What I know about Mariah May is that she's got pedigree, but some of that has come through this relationship with Tony Storm that has now followed her to AEW. Great, right? It's cute because the film star now has an understudy. It's not just as simple as a, like a, a, a traditional stalker angle. She's going to want Lesbian pollen. I hope not. No, know like, what I'm saying? It's... Better yeah, yeah. The, oh the, yeah, you don't yeah, want yeah. it to go down the route of a lesbian porn, shout out OSW Review for that. Nailed on assessment of how wrestling has always done this. How men booking wrestling have yeah. always done this. It's This has so much potential, and I can't believe, like, how was it not, lights off, lights on, it's Mariah May to silence. How was it not, Mariah May wrestles three matches and leaves us to Chris Statlander, and is thus dead forever. Uh, like a low-key, enormous philosophical shift. Especially for a woman, Christ. You know, like it's one thing that the men get a better like sort of fist of yeah. it. Yeah. I was like, I mean, I'm completely invested. I think she I don't know if she costs Tony Storm, but my big complaint was that you're taking the one hot character and you're gonna put the belt back on her. I don't think you are. I oh, think I think a, they are. I think there's a story over there. Mariah May and Tony Storm over is own thing. Keep over here. Keep the belt on Sheeda. keep the belt on this unstoppable she's not been pinned in twenty twenty-three Sheeda and have something cool at World's End for her. Two stories.
1: I think I think she helps Tony still win the belt. If I'm honest, they might she could fail. That. They might even do the uh, edgeheads thing with uh, Mariah and Tony,
3: where she's out. Oh, yeah, maybe. But she again, a dull here. Yeah,
1: there's that,
2: scope for a lot yeah, here. Yeah, there is scope for a lot. Um,
1: Unpredictability in a women's world title match.
2: Great. <laughs> it echoed things that were yes. not. This echoed things that would not fly now. But maybe I should trust them more. Then again, they did just sign Ric Flair. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see. I will let it play out. But um, if I was someone who loved WWE primarily, I would see this and think, oh, this is great. For me, I think a wrestler should enter AEW, have a look at those rankings, and think, right, okay, how far away am I from this? That should be the goal. Yes. But... I will let this play out. It's f- very different for AEW. It feels committed. Feels well thought mm. out.
3: Um, even inspired. Yeah, I saw some head shaking about, oh, Mariah, Ma- but Mariah May can you. Like, uh, those fans of hers, and I understand that as yeah. well. But, like, should it not be implied that All Elite Wrestling signs great wrestlers? Is that not the one detail we don't need to be told about in yes. your signing, is that they can wrestle? Like, that's that's never an issue, is it? Like, if they're in, then they must be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even, exactly. if, even if we know they're not. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if someone was a
1: fan of the sage but they, they kind of became a little bit disillusioned and they've, they've seen this new AEW product, but they're like...
2: It's oh, 20 man, years old.
1: I'm coming into it a little bit late and I'd really like to kind of know about the the, the, the rise, the inception of, uh, of AEW. If anything, they're, they're not... Oh, sorry, go on. I would, uh, and I want to know <laughs> someone. I want to know the, the, the like origins of it all. Uh, I don't want to watch anything, okay? I want to I tax my brains. I want to read something. I want to... But I want to read something passionate and insightful about it. And I've got, in terms of words I want to take in, (laughs) an upper limit and a lower limit, actually, (laughs) of 120,000. Any advice? I, um,
2: depends where you live.
1: Oh, sorry, I meant to point out, this person has to live in the world as well. Which one? There's
2: several (laughs) worlds.
1: Earth. Earth. (laughs) Yes.
2: Oh. Two seconds, two seconds.
3: Why did not we just change the book? (laughs) I've got the Bible. <laughs> it's coming out of the book
2: bookhole has got a door now. I need to put some WD-40 in the book hole. But yeah, you can buy this on Amazon right now. If you just want to relive the glory days.
1: Oh, do you want to shut the book hole door?
2: <laughs> the un-oiled doors of what culture? <laughs> yeah. That's
1: almost like someone should make a game out of that. Yeah. Anyway, main event time. JY versus Mark Briscoe. God, it was great seeing Mark Briscoe back in a ring.
2: I love him. Um, I want the world for him. When I said that, someone's going to have to win a tournament for that World TV title. I have to be... If it's Mark Briscoe, I'll be fine. All right, fine. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) what I was thinking when you were
1: talking about that. Uh, He starts brightly, um, so much so that on several occasions, JY has to uh, recruit, let's say, outside with his arseholes. Um, And uh, Briscoe hits a diving elbow off the apron. And finally, the Bing Bing gang see their opportunity. Uh, Juice takes the referee. Good bit of stuff from Jay White again here. A little collapse. Colton trips Briscoe. White hits a DDT and then White fakes the leg injury to let them really swarm him to take us to a break. When we come back, Briscoe fights off a superplex. Hits a middle rope drop kick. The crowd are loving this. The redneck kung fu, all that sort of thing. Uh, hits a neck breaker for a two count. Counters Uronagi into a fisherman's Buster for another near fall. Hits a rolling Death Valley Driver and a huge froggy bow for a
2: two count. Oh, what a near fall! What a near fall! I a knee right
1: in my head. I was going, "Oh, cool." So it's, um, I guess it's MJF and uh, Mark Briscoe at the pay yeah. view. Okay. Um, Briscoe goes for a J driller. White uh, spins out of it though and hits a Uranagi for a double down. He that wants. Was
3: gorgeous as well, by the way, mm-hmm. the height on that fucking thing. Mm-hmm. like It looked like the best freeze frame WWE could take of the rock bottom. Yeah. Like one of their renders, couldn't it?
1: He uh, wants the Blade Runner, but uh, Briscoe spins out of that and hits an Explorer in a huge lariat. Uh, white back drops out of a J-driller. Sleeper suplex, brain buster. Uh, goes to the Blade Runner, but Briscoe chops his way out of it. Gets hit with another sleep, sleeper suplex, though. The straight jacket, brain buster. And the Blade Runner gets the one, two, three. Let's do match, and then obviously post-match, stage. If
2: I'm AW, I'm Tony Khan. And I'm thinking, right, how can I... This base is fractured. Facing a lot of criticism for the direction... Like, just various choices I've made. If I'm Tony Khan, not just to appease the more vocal, calloused, I've seen everything and I just like serious stuff fans on Twitter. Like, it's a bubble. Mm-hmm. You cannot really book for these people, even though if you do, they've got good taste in spite of how dickheaded they can be with their <laughs> snobbery. <laughs> Maybe me included. I'm, I'm really considering if I'm Tony Khan putting Mark Briscoe and Eddie Kingston as the big babyface projects of next year. These are people who can make you feel something, and you want to root for them, and they can elevate. Kind of a short, not long, not short, but like you know, like not the longest match, not the most epic match, not the most well-built match. In that froggy bow near fall was driven. Not like Jay White can craft the hell out of a match. Mark Briscoe can craft the living hell out of a match. He knows what he's doing. The joy is in the fact that you forget it because he's so good at portraying this sort of like just nice, doesn't seem like the brightest. In fact, he is character, right? So I'm not saying they're not doing the perfect dramatic timing. That's what a lot of this match was. Just inch perfect dramatic timing, knowing when to do things to perfection. What drives an EFO like that isn't necessarily how well it was timed, how good the move looked, how devastating it looked. Mm-hmm. Just the pure desire. The pure desire on the part of the the crowd to watch that person win. And Mark Briscoe, just people love him. I love him. I think universally he's beloved. Like this match indicated to me, I think I would give him a massive push next year. Like, why not? Who else have you got realistically that people have this emotional bond with that is just so fun to watch, just so funny, so believable. Like that. Movie took when he just jumped off the top rope and just landed on his back. Oh. It's like, oh, he's gonna, oh, he's really gonna hurt himself there. <laughs> he's really prepared to risk it all. He wants it so badly. And I, God damn it, I want it for him as well. I would really consider, I know it's recency bias, but as I say all of the time, if you feel something, that's great. And of recency bias, bias with Mark Briscoe, because it's not like, oh, he's a new flavor of the week. Forget, you know, de Dekeshter, Garcia, you know, Swerve, everyone I want to see get pushed. There's an element of that, but Mark Briscoe gets here every single time. A special, special talent who fans love, who still can goo. The bumps he's taken here, mm. the way he's crafting it, the way he's moving about, he's eternal. Oh, God, I thought this was excellent. Not like a blow-away great match, but like a really good version of a compact TV main event where you kind of know the result. That kind of genre of match is just like... A five star version of it.
3: Mm. Mark Briscoe's just amazing. I love him. Yeah. This was like, this was glorious matchmaking, as we said yesterday. This It needed the, to be. Yeah, as, the, as sti- I said, yes. The stipulation, <laughs> the stipulation of potentially changing the AW main event just doesn't work without Mark Briscoe being in this match. Because you mm. just quite like to see it. Yeah. The main like, event of, of what? Of uh, Full Game. Which, of course, is in.
1: No, Dave! This
3: guy. Yeah. And I can't think of any wrestlers better at playing with those circumstances than Jay White. Yeah. Like, everything we love about how slippery is, about, like, the, the counter exchange at the end of this. Oh, it's just such a... It's like, you, you're going to break my heart yeah, here, Jay. Yeah, every set of Jay White late in the match counter exchanges you've ever seen, but they just hit different because yeah. of Mark Briscoe being out there and what this match was designed for. Like, there, there was a Briscoe promo earlier on the show that they didn't even need to include, but they did just to give you even more of right. that. Hey might might and yeah, it's just impossible not to love him and thus hate JY all the more for it he's got that ultimate
2: I actually care who wins this match yeah and that, that's been a big problem that I've not really talked about sorry I'm stepping on your dick that, that collision main event what was it FTR, Roosh and Preston yes versus yeah. Gates of Agony and uh, uh Ricky Starks Jesus deal. Christ all the guys <laughs> did you give a toss who won that match before, during or after can you remember who, who won
1: Um, I'm very Gates of Agony lost.
2: Yeah, of course they did. They were the designated jobbers. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Mark Briscoe has got this increasingly rare thing of, I really want to see him win. Mm. That's what drove that near fall. What an incredible near fall that was. Jay White, by the way, it's weird. I don't know. I'll never find out. uh, Sorry, Hamflat, I'm talking again, but uh, this is really struck with me. I've got things to say about it. Like, I'll never get where I feel about Jay White. I don't see him as a top champion in North American wrestling, but God damn it, I think he'd be an unbelievable international champion. I think that's his level because, like, he's so good at the compact time constraints of TV wrestling. I think we've only scratched the surface of what he can do. We saw it here. We saw it against AR Fox on Collision. I don't know if you watched it. That was was another example of him doing TV wrestling perfectly. I'd like to see him be the international champion at some point.
3: He's got to be one of the best... Like circumstantial wrestlers ever, but you don't know if the circumstances are right until they are in the match. Like, they are tight. As a, like, he was such a spoiler figure in New Japan. He would, like, uh, in a good way, he would ruin things. Why can't that be his nickname? The the spoiler, rather than the catalyst. Like he ruins things. Catalyst even mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I I want a breather to breathe the switchblade, but what actually is that, Jay? Like it's it. Sometimes there are circumstances like this, Dynamite main event, and like the first time he won the IWGP title, and the first time he won the US title off Kenny Omega. Oh, you bastard. Yeah. And in a good way. In all yeah, of yeah, the, yeah. You bastard. And, like, his offense suits that because he's just like, he's slipping out of it again. How does he find that little escape patch and this, and that's like, oh, the, the freaking blade run is super effective and he knows that would get it on you, like, out, kind of out of nowhere. There's an RKO quality to how we can lock in a blade. That, c- considering how much more setup it takes. take like a dash? Yeah, how good he is with it. But, honestly, you just can't Guess the circumstances sometimes. You mentioned the AR Fox match. You wouldn't have picked that one out, would you? Like, uh, this is where Jay White's really going to shine. And yeah, Air Fox is great, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why I think when he's put in this position of being the pay-per-view main eventer, it's the not knowing that kills it a bit. On the night, will we feel that Jay White's going to ruin our life by taking MJF belt? I won't know till we get there. And I'll feel it in the moment, and then I'll go, the Cota Ibushi one's your favorite example, isn't it? Like the oh, that GT. match is one of my favourite matches of all time. Like, you won't know until you're in it, but when you're in it, Jesus Christ, you're more in it than anything you've been in your life. So as MJF is a babyface, as a champion, as a guy that just can't even get his physical belt back, has that been effective enough that come the hour, you're going to be like, all right, yeah, White was worth this all along, but it doesn't help you on the way sometimes. Mm. Uh, so post-match, MJF's music hits and the whole of the Bing Bing gang are looking up the
1: ramp to see him coming, but he sneaks in behind them and he clobbers the guns and juice Robinson with his beautiful diamond ring. Um, so they bail out of there. He squares off with White, who's got the belt, but MJF's got the ring. Um and uh, Jay White thinks better of it and bails. So MGF grabs a mic and says, playtime is over. Jay White, you're dressing up as the top guy, not for, not for much longer. When I won that title, I promised I'd go down as the greatest champion of all time or die trying, and that's what you're going to be dealing with. You're going to have to kill me to beat me. Um, and I'm not just fighting for me anymore. For the first time in my life, I'm fighting for everyone who's been on this journey with me since day one. Adam Cole, everyone watching at home, everyone here in the arena. I'm not just a scumbag. I'm your scumbag. Um, and he says, Look, I've got one question for you, Jay. When I'm the only thing standing between you and immortality, you, your bing, bing, gang, the gang, guy always cans around a fake gun with him. When it comes down to it, will you finally be able to pull the trigger? And then the lights go out. And we see the acclaimed and daddy-ass being beaten up by hooded figures uh, backstage. Anthony Bowens gets thrown through a glass-bloody window. Uh, The camera cuts to the devil and goes off back to the ring. MJF sprints to the back. uh, And somehow Joe walks up to him to close the show and says, "Hmm, looks like the champ's running out of friends. Laughs and walks off.
2: What an ending. I know that Anthony Bowens took a hell of a bump here. And visually, it looked striking, like the glass shattering. So I don't want to, you know, trivialize that. But at the same time, you can do a pretty violent spot to put over the attack. But the vibe of the attack, it's not the horseman breaking someone's arm, is it? It just it looks so... I don't want to ever say it's retribution-y. But it's closer to retribution than or aces and eights than it is the horseman. And I know it's because it's a bit goofy how they're hidden. I don't know. I just do not feel it yet like, i don't think of this devil as this potentially transformative evil figure who's gonna just completely upend everything you know about aew who's just he's like he's wearing a devil mask and he 's called the devil and it doesn't feel remotely sinister it just feels like a device or they just feel like a device at this point and they've got no presence no aura like I just feel like it's a storyline that i'm watching that's I, you love it though don't you I love it man. I'm I being gobbled here I'm being gobbled <laughs> by bloody, this devil you like, like
3: what I want to know is uh, was a real glass crime river and could Jack Perry finally be doing something good for the first time in his stupid career uh, <laughs> like like the man, could, it, could it be him like Jurassic uh, express baby face is come he on. A, yeah like <laughs> I don't know which side I would have picked uh the like who who is it I'm, I'm, I'm invested. Who is it? Oh, who's, okay. who's a freaking devil? Like, I want to know. I don't disagree. They are, uh, like, aces and eights. I think is apt because retribution feels too cruel. Doesn't that's it? far like, too 2019 cruel. 2019 Dark Order feels too cruel, but there's a certain simil- similarity in the sense that these cannot take over. I'm with you there. Like, they're whoever these guys are. Like, they might have one match against MJF, but they're not going to transform the company yeah. forevermore. But I do want to know who's behind the mask. Mm. Like, I think that's been super effective. I also really like. I we actually, never mentioned the devil once yesterday on the preview, by the way. So I don't know if it's that effective. Maybe this is a, a necessary reboot. Well, but yeah. where like, he actually does something. Mm. I suppose it's when I'm being reminded after something effective, like when the, the, when he just flashes up on the screen, or when it's just the Moosefart Ali hacking bit. Oh, so what? But, like, what I liked about this, there was a lot of criticism, rightfully so, about the end of last week's Dynamite, where, oh, MJ doesn't care that he's not got his belt back, and he's just been pinned by the number one contender because he's scissoring with Max Caster. Isn't AEW he's just a clown show now? Now, it, I think... Your actions have been justified by what you've seen this week. The devil and then the henchmen have targeted the acclaimed. And if MJF isn't anything to do with this, and that's still an if, but if he's nothing to do with this, MJF is punished for daring to make more friends. Adam Kohler said, it's okay. You can make have more than one friend. You can do this. We know of MJF's entire backstory is like that when he gets close to people, they burn him. Like he, c- he can't trust. He can't love all of this sort of thing. And he finally does again. And again, those people are immediately destroyed and he's left the one carrying the burden of that. Next week, the acclaimed are going to be like, did you have anything to do with that? No, I didn't. I promise you I didn't. Well, either way, just by coming near you, we've end up getting our asses kicked. Like, you are this, you're, you're poison. You are this toxic figure in AEW. Mm-hmm. Because he, like, oh yeah, I know you're all these people scumbags. They should be worried that they're going to get attacked by this devil too, because that's <laughs> what happened to us. Like, that to me has justified the big scissor celebration. Like, I think this is really good MJ's MJ's a central character, isn't he? MJ's yes. MJ's yeah. the main character of AEW. If one if such thing still exists and this is more backstory for uh, backstory and stuff still to come for this character. Like I I like this a lot. I just
2: this Jay White Food, isn't it? This the way these characters and the devil's associates are, you know. They look lame. It looks lame. I uh, know what the finish at full gear is going to be, or the result anyway. i yeah, like signposting too much after the fact. Feels like they've got so many ideas and not the one. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. It's... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just want MGF to... I don't want to be that guy and say, oh, I should turn heel mm. again. But he's, he was pretty... I think he was better as a heel.
3: Where well, is he still? You, know, you can't like, be doing
2: that. You cannot... You, uh, like, maybe they would. Maybe they're stupid enough to do this. You cannot beat Kenny Omega clean. And maybe, you know, Takeshita did all, like, maybe it doesn't really mean that much anymore, sad as it means to me personally. But, like, you do not have him beat Kenny Omega virtually clean as a sheet to all but say I'm the most dominant, fightingest, best AW world champion ever for him to be lurking as a heel. That would be sh- stupid. Almost as bad as the Ace's name. I had to take my licks. Yeah. I had to be the best wrestler in the world to fool you. What? <laughs> how does that work? Like seriously, how does that work? Mm-hmm. I had to be the best babyface wrestler in the world to prove to hide the fact that I was a heel for what reason? What de- I'm doing is get my by being a babyface, I'm just getting my ass kicked all the time. And by being the most fightingest AEW world champion ever, I have to put forth the most the maximum effort for a heel master <laughs> makes no sense. That's yeah. Dead, I, or it should be. Or it makes. I think you're right. Yeah, makes think, no sense if it's not dead.
3: I think you're right. Like the the it started the week after Adam Cole got injured, didn't it? So this idea but that this it's decline, the scramble, the the the, the devil. Yeah, but it started the week after Adam Cole got injured. So this idea that it's something that he's hatched now because Adam Cole getting injured has kind of thrown whatever he had in mind off in character. Obviously, and there's obviously storylines that have been impacted by that injury. That would be probably where they would go with it, and. Kenny like there is a bit took my licks had to go 40 minutes me. Like uh, yeah. that, that would have to be the kind of yeah. had to, had to keep proving at there like I was worried these people were figuring me out that sort of thing but I don't think it is either yeah. just uh, the acclaimed will next week mm. I think well, let us know your thoughts on
1: that and on the whole show uh, on X uh, at WhatCultureWWE or in the comments. Or you can uh, let us know your thoughts. Personally, you can follow Michael Hamlet on X at Michael Hamflit. Follow Michael Sidgwick at M um, Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to what Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from, for daily wrestling podcast. Me and Sidgwick will be back tomorrow. to so look ahead to oh, AEW well. Collision. Uh, but for now, this has been the Dynamite Review. My thanks to Hamlet Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon.